Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 8, titled Snatch Game at Sea. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one seaworthy co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. It's a rainy day here. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, let's get to the show. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. This week, Silky and Evie engage in a cold war. The girls don their best literary drag to make up their own self-help books, and it's time for the Snatch Game. The girls who've been on top are nervous, while the girls who've been overlooked are confident. Jinx Monsoon pays a visit to give some solid advice, and the girls participate in the 10th annual... Snatch game. Silky wow. and Nina do well while Evie and Brooke bomb. Brooke wows the judges on the runway, but it's not enough to save her from lip syncing against Evie oddly. In the end, Silky wins the snatch game, but it's Brooke and Evie who emerge victorious as their epic lip sync leads to a double Shantae. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Well, okay. So two things that I liked about the episode was I loved the return of jinx monsoon Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like jinx that needs to become a standard position role assignment on Mm -hmm. drag race i listening to your first response you talked about how much you loved when they bring back old contestants and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago like last week with Mm -hmm. Alyssa. if this is something that he is trying this out with this season i wholeheartedly encourage rupaul to continue doing this and i think that you know, you could even rotate as far as there's Jinx. You know, if Bianca would come back, Bianca talking about her experience on Snatch Game. At one point, I would have said Ben, but I don't know what the relationship is between Ben and RuPaul, mm-hmm. given the the way she left All-Stars. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of them that I feel like they could have them come in and work with the girls and workshop with the girls so that you have a really good um, experience. That being mm-hmm. said, I mean, not the best Snatch Game ever this mm-hmm. year. But at least not in content. Looks is something different. Uh, something else that I liked was, I mean, that the the Brooke reveal on the runway was everything. And that combined with being in the bottom and that lip sync was, was high drag, lots of fun. 
you know, it was a little messy just because at one point they were just kind of doing somersaults and stuff. It wasn't really about the song anymore. But even then, it was just crazy, kinetic, frenetic, fun to watch, and a double Shantae that was, in my opinion, highly justified for mm-hmm. both of them from that content alone. Mm-hmm. So uh, something I did not like was, I mean, I wasn't crazy about Snatch Game, but I think, speaking again, adding on to your first response, the role of Silky as a sore winner was really not cute. It was not a it was not a good look. And for somebody who thinks that America is going to love her, mm-hmm. I, that did. I don't think that helped. I don't think that helped as far as if she at this point, if for, if by some chance she makes it to top three. I, I don't know that that's going to win her any favors as far as people voting for her or rooting for her in, and in the, in like that last week of tell me who you want to see win, mm-hmm. you know, not that I think Rue actually takes that into consideration. Like you're but, saying during the hashtag, uh, team Silky, yeah, team whoever, you're, you're and team whoever, going to have the lo- you're saying team Silky's going to have the lowest number of votes. I would be, I would not be surprised if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 what I that was my two things that I like to one thing that I did. What's funny is I have responses to everything that you said, but I think that those responses are more appropriate in their appropriate parts in the script and recapping. But I do okay. have responses to everything that you said. But I wanted to give you your chance to do your own first response. You know, before you told me I'm wrong. <laughs> I think I agreed mostly with everything. That, in fact, if anything, I don't know if I necessarily say you're wrong. I would just add more corollaries to everything that you said. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's move on. Um, all right. Uh, after Raja's elimination, Silky is keeping all of her eyes on Evie Oddly in Brooklyn Heights. We see no discussion about Raja at the mirror. Evie feels good about her critique so far, but Silky seems stressed because she is tired of all the fake and phony. Vanjie addresses her beef with Evie, while Evie volunteers to stop giving unsolicited advice. This leads to a fight that Brooke tries to stop just as Evie stands up and walks off the cold open. Taylor, your thoughts? This beginning felt very rehash of something that you and I went over at length mm-hmm. last week on our special episode about Untucked. Mm-hmm. And it also felt a little where I was kind of caught myself rolling my eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then I remember this happened immediately following immediately. Raj's elimination, mm-hmm. whereas we've had a week to kind of process that. Mm-hmm. So I get why they were in their feelings. It just felt very like, okay, we get it. We get it. Just enough i don't know if they were worried that it wasn't going to show up on untucked so they decided to bring it all out again but again we go to this whole thing with silky where silky is just kind of in this weird funk uh, funk ugly place i just i just i don't like it i just i just didn't like it mm-hmm. uh i want to address a couple of things uh this evie is I love her, but, you know, she does – she has a lot of malapropisms, kind of, so to speak. And she had one last week, and I forgot to call what it was. I can't remember what she said. But uh, this week she said, the tension is so thick, you can't cut it with a knife. You have to cut it with, like, a chainsaw. That doesn't go with yeah, the metaphor. Yeah, I kind of remember something like that. I think that the, the, when I imagine the metaphor, it's that, in other words, the tension is so thick that you could almost slice into what you would, like, butter. Not that, so not necessarily that it's, like – it gets thicker. Does that make sense? In other words, yeah. like it, it just becomes more of a congealed. I see a congealed mass that yeah. you could, that could, you could actually use a knife to slice it. The actual texture. Yeah, it's, the tension is so thick. It's palpable. Yes. 
Yes. Right. But not necessarily the 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 strength of it. Does that make sense? Not that there's always tension and, and the thicker it is, the more you need. But I guess that's how she sees it. She sees it almost like a piece of wood or something. Yeah. But the, but then if you think about it, then the metaphor doesn't make sense that if it's so thick, you can cut it with a nut. And I can't get into it. I can't get into it. The <laughs> other thing is Silky says at one point, and this is this, and I actually was talking about this today with a friend. We, I kind of do practice recaps with people, and I was okay. talking about this today with a friend where Silky says, um, and I think this is a quote. She says, "If you're a judge, be on the judges panel in 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 critiquing um, obliquely Evie Oddly." Right? She's not saying Evie's name, but she says, "If you're a judge, be on the judges panel." Yeah. Which okay, you can make that fair assessment if you're sugar cane or if you're plastique and you keep uh-huh. the you keep to your you don't tell anybody else what you feel about people and then they come for you and you're like, bitch, I'm not I don't judge others, don't come for me. But yeah. this silky is so busy judging other people. Remember at the beginning of Untucked just last week, she's saying how she was sure Evie was in the bottom because her drag is so trash. And like she's been judging people this entire season. You could even if you're a Silky fan, you might even say that's why you like Silky. Yeah. So for her to say, if you're judge and be on the judges table, bitch, you also act like that. Well, but this is also an example of do as I say, not as I do. This 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 is another example of silky. Silky is in her own head, mm-hmm. and silk and and often we you know I I will say to clients a lot we don't like in others what we see in ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think that especially if that attention is being directed at you, you know if somebody is suddenly judging you, judging your look, you know seriously I thought you Taylor just I thought <laughs> I knocked Taylor over just, something on my desk. It's fine. What did it's you fine. know? I'm curious what you knocked over. I knocked over my head rest for um, my my rest for my earphones. By the way, there are homeless people who have no home, but Taylor's <laughs> headphones have a special. Rest. They have a special little nest they sit in, <laughs> yeah. so that they're not just. And, and he, he pets him and he goes, "Go to sleep, go to sleep." <laughs> so it, it okay. Silky doesn't like when people judge her because then it forces Silky to recognize that she judges other people mm-hmm. and that this must be what it's like to be to be judged by other people. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we deflect it. We don't like, you know, that you, you, I don't judge. I don't judge. Maybe while we're judging all over the place. Yeah. Well, I think and this comes up in Elimination Day more, but you can see it. She says like because Elimination Day, she tells Evie when Evie tries to apologize. I'm sure we'll analyze it to death. She says, I don't care what you think, but clearly you do care because if you truly didn't care what someone thinks, then it well, you wouldn't even think about it. You'd be like, okay, whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sure. Oh, I'm telling this. All right. Well, let's see what happens, right? But it's clearly she's in her feelings, you know? She's yeah. feeling some type of way as the. Well, y- yes, she is and she's not because at one point she almost cracks a smile. Where I almost wonder if this is a... Well, you know what? I, I saw something interesting today while watching the lip sync multiple times. And mm-hmm. this might... You you might be on to something. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll come for that later. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts on this cold open? 
No, it's just I'm I'm tired of everybody yelling. I want everybody to get along mm-hmm. at this point, or to at least at least if you're going to argue, argue constructively and not just scream over one another. Yeah, yeah. All right, very good. Uh, the next day, Silky appears to still be feeling some type of way, and RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. The girls all pose in front of a white background to give their own self help book proposal. Um, I can tell you actually what those well when we talk about it. Silky is named the winner of the challenge, and next, Morgan McMichaels enters the workroom to do a shameless plug for a food delivery service. As she walks off, she bends over and shoots a ping pong ball ostensibly out of her vagina before striding out the door. I almost wrote bussy. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't, but I, I was like, I was thinking about, do, do I write bussy? Well, thank, th- thank God you didn't say bussy. Yeah. Oh, my buddy. Anyway, that's what a horrible voice. I should never do that voice. By the way, anyone who listens to Dragula knows that's my voice for Disasterina. But it, out of context, it just sounded like a, like a gross fat man going, oh, my buddy. Anyway. Oh, I'm in the shower touching my titties and my pussy. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, though. When this plastique does that voice, it really disturbs me when she does that, like, little girl, Asian girl voice. When uh-huh. like, Ugh, anyway. Next, RuPaul announces this week's maxi challenge. It's the Snatch Game at sea. Okay. Oh, no. oh now what are you dropping? I didn't drop it. I slapped by accident a uh, clipboard. <laughs> the kind of That's what he calls his dick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> clipboard, yeah. And like, look, this is me. You know when you wake up and you – have you ever done that when you wake up with a hard on and you snap your uh, your dick up against your stomach? Not for years, but I probably yeah, well, I, it doesn't. Unfortunately, it doesn't have to go that far to actually hit my stomach. Yeah, so. exactly. When I was eighteen, this is what it sounded like. Yeah. Now it sounds like this. <laughs> like you're checking to see if a cantaloupe is ripe. Yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah, this is getting too gross. Okay. <laughs> Away luggage for all your traveling. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go through this one by one. Um, I don't really care about Silky feeling some type of way at the beginning. She was being a big baby, and I don't care. Okay, do you care about yeah. that? You said no. You care about it. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like her. Yeah, I don't like her. I want to like her. She's mm-hmm. somebody that I feel like could have been a true fan favorite, mm-hmm. and it feels like she is sabotaging herself left and right. Yeah, her in. Her inner saboteur. Inner saboteur. Her flabateur. Her <laughs> inner flabateur. Anyway, uh, so what did you think of this mini challenge where the girls have to go deliver their own self-help book proposal? I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot about it until you read it in the introduction of the episode. <laughs> so that should tell you what I thought about this okay. mini challenge. Well, A lot of them were dumb. Mm-hmm. A lot of them made no sense. Mm-hmm. It was just, a lot they were just, it was just it was just not a strong not a strong uh mini challenge well there were a few i wanted to talk about one of them let's first talk about plastique her her book was called personality not everybody has one and she did that thing that a lot of pretty girls do uh, cis or not where the way they think to be funny is to make themselves look gross so they have yeah. like, the smeared lipstick and their hair all over the place, and they make the the, the frowny face. And, and to them, to a to a a, a brainless, personalityless, hot person, that's their version of that's the most they can be when they're funny. <laughs> is just like, look, I'm so funny because this is me, ugly. 
And yeah. you're like, well, what's funny? Because you put on a clown face, like runny lipstick. It was not funny at all. I didn't like mm-hmm. it. I was offended that she would even think that was funny. Because it's the one blacked out tooth. I really was. I was kind of offended. Like, really, bitch? That's what you think is funny? I don't know why. And then Cut I, to this week, Evan thinking that's the most hysterical thing. Yeah, I know. We go, <laughs> yeah, you go, yeah, like you go on Evan's uh, Instagram and it's just him with like the smeared lipstick and... Um, <laughs> Did you see was it, was it a was it privately or whatever that Evan was bragging about meeting um Ms. Cracker? No, that must have been privately. I think it was on the rumor mill thread. Who cares? I was like I was more annoyed that Ms. Cracker was on my phone now. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've never been a Ms. Cracker fan. Okay, anyway. Um I also want to talk about Brooklyn Heights. Her book was called From Bitter to Glitter, The Story of How Cross Changing Changed My Life. She's done this before when she had to dress up in this quick drag where she channels Katya. And yeah. so it seems that whenever she has to do a funny mini challenge quick drag, she's going to do Katya. She well, did it. I mean, but think about some of Katya's mini mini quick drags were hysterical. Mm-hmm. So if you if that is your inspiration or your mm-hmm. idol as far as doing that kind of thing, plus she's also said she doesn't really one of her strengths is not doing things for herself um, or not coming up with ideas for herself. Then it sounds like she's going to kind of go to that place but and try to pull like, from that. Yeah, like shitty. Katya, which is so funny because I used to come down on Katya because I feel all of Katya's Snatch Game characters were shitty versions of Kristen Wiig characters. She did a shitty version of Kristen Wiig's Bjork, and she did a shitty version of Kristen Wiig's whatever that lesbian who hosts that CNBC show. Okay. What's her name? Well, but, uh, but I, I'm getting more the the you know bored Russian yeah. Russian hooker yeah, type, no, no, know, no, that kind right. of thing. That that's sort of the character that I feel like Brooke yeah. is pulling from. But what I'm the saying one, is the one with high anxiety and low self esteem. Yeah, and, yeah, and, exactly. It's, it's she's just she's just ripping off. Well, I'm saying Katya was ripping off. Katya was doing a shitty poor man's rip off of Kristen Wiig, and you know, moving down the line, Brooke is doing a shitty poor man's rip off of Katya. Doing yeah. the, the Russian hooker thing. All right. It was not a good mini challenge. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And then, well, because this is this is lending credence to the theory that this was supposed to happen in the fall. And I kind of figured it out. Here's why I think they didn't do it in the fall. And it's not because one was good and one was bad. Is they realized dra- they closed up the deal for Drag Race UK. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, we can't move it to the fall and then move it back again. If we do Drag Race UK in the fall, we can't then move it back. So why don't we just keep it in the position it's always been? But they realized that once it was filmed. Because um, you have – the Guru came out at the end of October. Yeah. The book came. So why would Yeah, I have- thought that was an odd – I mean, I know that she's going to plug – She's going to plug it anyway. But then what she about – She plugged this- those fucking chocolate bars for years. But yeah, so but what about this Clea Duvall – she kept plugging this escape room. When did escape room come out? Do you have that information right in front of you? Uh, that was definitely in the fall. I can look that up real fast. Yeah, could you look that up while you're doing that? And so it makes sense that Clea Duvall was there to plug escape room, even though you might say, well, maybe she was plugging, they were plugging Veep because there'd be no Veep's back now. So maybe it was that. But. Yeah, but I think Arrested Development, well, she oh, mentioned Arrested Development, and I think right. that the last season was in the fall, too. They didn't mention, they didn't mention Veep. They mentioned, they mentioned, you're right, Arrested Development, and they mentioned Escape Room, because they were plugging, because Clea Duvall and Tony Hale, you're right, that's a very good point. So, um, why did, why did I start talking about Escape that? Room came out January 4th, 2019. Okay. which But that makes sense because it's probably going to end towards Christmas. They're like, okay, we're getting around then. And then yeah. what about uh, this? 
But by the um, way, they may not have had a release date. They may have been thinking winter or January of 2019 before they went yeah. Because they filmed this last May, remember? And then Arrested Development came out on Netflix when? Well, he's. Oh, you know, that didn't. That came out in March? Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. I gave up. The last season of Arrested Development was not good. No. To me, it ended with season three. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. uh, by the way, you know what we didn't talk about in the. We'll talk about this during the break. We didn't talk about that pic. Don't talk about it right now. Because who knows who hears what, right? But we didn't mm-hmm. talk about that Adam Devine picture I sent you. But we'll talk about that in the break. Okay. Okay. So sorry. Even if you're on Patreon, you're not going to hear this. Only people who are listening live are going to hear this story. Sorry. Uh, okay. So the other thing I want to talk about was Evie Oddly. Um, she, her book was Release Your Meek and Get Your Freak On. Speaking of doing shitty, I sort of felt that this was very much channeling Sasha Velour. There was a very Sasha Velour feel about her book. And it wasn't necessarily as clear as when when uh, Brooke was channeling uh, Katya, because Brooke's also done it in the past. But it yeah. sort of felt very Sasha Velour. So that was the one thing I wanted to say there. Let's talk about Morgan McMichaels. What did you think of that random Morgan McMichaels moment? I, it made me sad because I, I Morgan is somebody, Morgan, I have a love-hate relationship with Morgan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I loved her, especially towards the end of her time on All Stars this last season. Mm-hmm. Or was that last season? Or season, season three? She was in season three. She was in season three. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, it felt like she walked in with a bag didn't do anything with the bag, left the bag on the ground, and then just walked away. Mm-hmm. And then th- then they felt like the ping pong thing. I mean, that that's a callback to season 10. No, I season, think the one, season no, nine. Season eight. What was the one with Robbie Turner? Season eight? Yeah, that was yeah, season eight. So. Turner, remember, Robbie Turner was the one that would assign and then forgot to give himself a character. Everyone, yes. So in season eight, they had a challenge where Morgan McMichaels came out and popped ping pong balls out of her bussy. And <laughs> even if I was doing alliteration, I would say she popped ping pong balls out of her pussy. Um, and Robbie turned to her how to catch them and then assign them. It was something weird like that. But yes, because they were doing it. The challenge was they were doing looks from seasons past from ball looks the ball was basically old ball looks and robbie had to assign the ball looks to each queen and forgot to assign himself his own ball look and um so he had to take the last one whatever that was there and that's how they did it so that was it was a callback to that moment Mm -hmm. i thought she looked fantastic by the way oh i thought she looked great i I thought i absolutely thought she looked great i just wish that we could have gotten a couple more seconds with her than we did yeah all right and then of course no one ever has thoughts on the snatch game at least just the announcement of it it's just there we go all right in the workroom, Nina doesn't want to jinx herself, but she's pretty confident in her character. Sugar reveals that she's going to be Charo, and Akuria is going to be Tiffany Haddish. Brooke is worried because she's not really an impersonator, and she commiserates with her boyfriend, Vanjie, about their lack of ability to play characters. Uh, next, uh, RuPaul enters the room with Jinx Monsoon, and during the table visits, RuPaul was accompanied by Drake's drag race legend Jinx Monsoon. She joined RuPaul in giving the girls advice and delivering a great snatch game performance. Silky tries to get Jinx's phone number. Evie was unaware that she wasn't serving glamour, and that was the last time she made RuPaul laugh. Brooke admits that she's <laughs> nervous about her Celine Dion impression. Nina is confident. Vanjie rethinks her character, and Plastique reveals that she has two different voices, and we haven't been hearing her real accent. Taylor, your thoughts on the workroom and everything with Jinx Monsoon. Okay. The whole thing, I feel like this thing of where Silky says, I have a question for you, and then gets up in their face and says, can I have your phone number? I feel like she did that to one of the celebrity judges. Mm-hmm. Like, early on. 
whether that was Miley or whether that was somebody like that. But so it felt a little, I feel like we've seen this before mm-hmm. where we just kind of do the thing where we like look down over, over, our, um, over our glasses at her. So that I, I, again, I'm, I'm not feeling the love for Silky right now. But RuPaul, anything Silky says, RuPaul just fucking eats that shit up. She loves Silky. Well, then maybe that's something where it's the the, the camera it loses its luster in the camera if, it, mm-hmm. if she's there live. Then maybe that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I think Jinx's because J- Jinx was definitely Jinx looked beautiful. By the way, Jinx looked mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. I loved her dress. Um, and really, the hair. you didn't think she looked like Fat Adele? Well, okay, but I think Adele is beautiful too. So, and isn't Fat Adele just kind of Adele? Well, that's what it, that was the that is that's a shade. Which she's a fat <laughs> version of Adele. Oh, a fat version of Adele. Um, no, I I thought she, I thought she looked amazing. I thought she looked beautiful. You know what she, she kind of looked, looked like too. Who? Um, what the fuck is it? Andorra from Bewitched. Agnes Morgan. Yeah, well, it was definitely that 50s, 60s style of yeah. of dress and hair and everything, which I live for. That that era of women's fashion why has no one done agnes moorhead on the snatch game that's what ah. that's what nina should have done was agnes moorhead for all those young queens even bewitched was seeding sowing the seeds of gay men with paul lind and Ag- agnes moorhead as Endora is essentially a drag queen yes absolutely and she's wonderful and she, I mean, her outfit is always with the collar, with like always kind of came up, and she always yeah. wore these flowy, bright colored. Yes. yes. Somebody needs to do Agnes Moorhead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, Agnes Moorhead be lost on the children, though. Well, but, but again, and Jinx brings this up. You can do it if you, like, I think Jinx's Betty Davis, I don't even think she did it justice when she did a little bit on the show. I think her Betty Davis is phenomenal. It is mm-hmm. so funny. And I don't even think you need to be of a, a big knowledge nerd about Betty Davis to know is so fucking funny. It is so funny. Her Betty Davis is so funny. Or what about when Alaska did Mae West? Do you think the kids know about Mae West? Well, but I think the way to do that with some of the, so, and even like, I mean, this year we had Joanne Worley and. I, uh, I, we'll, we'll get to Snatch Game a bit. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But I mean, I think if it's almost where you have to do a caricature of a caricature mm-hmm. in order for it to work, where mm-hmm. it's just. It's not even over the top. It's in the stratosphere of in order for like Mae West when Alexis 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 Alaska did Mae West. It was just this crazy over the top, over the top caricature of it. That's why I think it worked. Um, same goes with the Betty Davis, you know, which she we just pretty to- much just yells. It's it, that that's really what that is. I think we need to rethink my podcast, Girls on Film, and what it needs to be is us doing a profile of these women and sort of. Uh, overviews of who they like doing a whole agnes moorhead episode mm-hmm. of like their best shit or like betty davis or may west i mean well, okay like- but yeah i mean an example is that and this was this was actually just talked about recently and i've seen it on reddit was that you know share never actually does the thing of where she goes oh like everybody says that she does yeah and then you know that was the first thing that when they did snatch game on season four that was the first thing when Rue asked Chad, who are you doing? And Ch- and Chad said, well, clearly share. RuPaul went, oh, and did the thing where he kind of pulled the hair back. Mm-hmm. Even though that's something, although she did pull the hair back. But, and then they just, Cher was just interviewed on Jimmy Fallon and said, I've never seen a good impersonation of me. 
you know, so yeah. I mean, I think just that whole thing of the whole and 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 with the hair and with just the craziness, it's just you're just kind of piling little tiny moments on top of each other, on top of each other, on top of each other. You know, whenever anybody does the snap out of it, it's while that is a, you know, that is a moment in the film comparing the way drag queens do snap out of it to the way it is actually done in Moonstruck. They're completely different. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's so funny, too, is I was just having this conversation the other day, and not in, not in regards to even to Drag Race. I was talking to a friend who she's like an expert on Joan Crawford. Like, she knows everything about Joan Crawford. And we were mm-hmm. talking about Joan Crawford, and I was saying, it's so funny is that Christina Crawford, her daughter, was trying to essentially destroy Joan Crawford's image. But what she did was turn Joan Crawford into a legend. If it weren't for Mommy Dearest, the book and subsequent movie, would anybody know who Joan Crawford is? Would the young yes. gays know who she is? Oh, you think they would? No, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. Yes, yeah, yeah. no, I, I think that she did. She made, she made her an icon. Yeah, and what's even funnier, too, is... I don't even know if the gays know Joan Crawford or if they know Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford, which is, again, going back to uh, when um, Alyssa did Joan Crawford on During All-Stars 2, she did Faye Dunaway doing Joan Crawford. Well, but think about it. Okay. You and I are of a certain age. 24. Go ahead. 24. Clearly 24. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you quote something from Mommy Dearest? Oh, my gosh. So many things. Okay, can you quote anything from a Joan Crawford movie? Like that Joan Crawford actually starred in? No. Yeah. I've only seen one Joan Crawford movie. That's the Which one. one? Oh, what's it fucking called? The one she won the Oscar for. The the one Oh, Mildred the, Pierce? Yeah, that's the only Joan Mildred Crawford Mildred Pierce is a great movie. That needs to be a girl's own film. Yeah, Mildred Pierce is a great movie, yes. Yes. Um, But anyway, Taylor... Uh, what I'm saying though is, they should do Agnes more. I don't even know how we got in this conversation. Okay, any more <laughs> any more thoughts on this table visits with Jink Monsoon? Oh, I know. I think I think the fact that we talked about Agnes Moorhead and Joan Crawford for ten minutes proves how well the Snatch Game went. Okay, well, go ahead. Well, what's funny when Vanjie was talking to um, Brooke and she was saying, "Bitch, didn't you see how I?" Blah, 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 and she said, "Rosie," and she started typing for him like, "Oh, Vanjie should have done Rosie Perez." If she yeah, would have done Rosie, that would have been awesome. Vanjie should have done Rosie Perez. That's mm-hmm. what she should have done was Rosie Perez. That would have been fantastic. Um, Jinx being there was important. And I know you kind of touched on this in the top of uh, during your uh, Two Things I Like segment. But not just Jinx as a person, but Jinx or any drag queen that they bring in is, especially during this table visit segment, it allows Rue, which I know people get mad at, Rue was cuntier in this table visit segment than she has been before because RuPaul's allowed with the other drag queen there to play bad cop. She doesn't have yeah. to play both roles. So mm-hmm. I've never seen RuPaul be as usually when she doesn't think it's funny, she'll be like, okay, well, you keep working on it and just walk away. But with mm-hmm. Jinx there to play good cop, Ru was able to be like, that's not funny. Because remember she goes, hilarious. And Brooke goes, oh, you think so? And she goes, no. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> and even with with um, when she was talking to Vanjie, she straight up told her that wasn't funny. Yeah. Which usually she's more again, I've used this uh, SAT word of the day, oblique. She's been she was oblique about it. Uh she's been oblique about it historically, but today because Jinx was there to play nice, she was able to be the cunt that she really is and tell them how it really is, which may or may not have uh helped them and could have hurt them. 
Um, All right, those are my thoughts. All right, even though we kind of already started this, let's talk about the Snatch Game at Sea. It's time for the Snatch Game with guest judges Clea Duvall and Tony Hale. T.S. Madison makes RuPaul laugh the hardest. Plastique seems to do fine. Nina, Akuria, and Suga seem to deliver a safe performance. Vanjie disappoints as the cash-me-outside girl, but doesn't bomb as hard as Evie Oddly as Whippy Goldberg and Brooklyn Heights as Celine Dion. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on the Snatch Game. Not my favorite snatch game ever. Mm-hmm. Definitely not one one of the one of the better ones. I thought mm-hmm. that there was most were fair to fair to Midland. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that? Fair yeah. to Midland. Um, I will say this. I also don't like how, and this is the old man in me, mm-hmm. how we've gone from celebrities to almost like YouTube stars mm-hmm. and reality show. Which I also get that we're doing a recap of reality show, mm-hmm. but. Like, I kind of know who T.S. Madison is, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really well-versed in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, the the Cash Me Outside girl, that's just such a brief, hopefully brief moment in time Mm -hmm. that there's not a lot to work with. But I think it's it's almost like the, the quick grab sort of thing. Now... When you know, especially when you take somebody like you know, going back to Alaska as Mae West, mm-hmm. or even even like Sugar as Charo, or some of the ones that are the older, the, the uh, somebody that has a more established career mm-hmm. as a uh, as a character to portray, you've got more stuff to work with, mm-hmm. unless you're Evie doing Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, just it just feels like cash grabs, and I just feel like when they do stuff like that, I remember somebody did. Uh, Gigi Gorgeous last mm-hmm. season, and I don't like it. I, I want it to be, I want it to be either you know somebody somebody that is a more than just a brief moment. Like even Valentina doing Miss Columbia the one year. I mean, once she kind of did the thing of where she just started crying, then she really kind of ran out of things to talk about mm-hmm. for that for Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. Not um, my favorite. Well, I okay. My overall opinion of Snatch Game was, look, was it not funny? It was not funny, okay? But here's the deal. I wouldn't even say it was a bad Snatch Game because I, I hate to say this. It seems to be the norm. What the, what we saw in Snatch Game yesterday, I mean, with with a few exceptions, like the All-Stars 2 Snatch Game, the Season 6 Snatch Game, the maybe the Season 5 Snatch Game, Season 4 for different reasons. Because um, Season 4 was such a train wreck that it went back to being amazing. Um, yeah. But apart from those snatch games, for the most part, they are mostly grown. And even on the ones that are good, it's usually only a, at a, its best, half of them are good. And then, like I said, some of the ones that you remember the most are because the other ones were utter train wrecks, like Kenya Michaels doing Beyonce and farting and falling down, which makes yeah. me still laugh to this day how horrible <laughs> it was, right? And... Uh, but but the only ones that have ever made me laugh are All Stars two and All Stars two made me laugh. I mean, I was legit LOLing with Alaska as um, Mae West and Alyssa as Joan Crawford, uh, and I was just legit on the floor laughing. It was so funny. Okay, mm-hmm. but on this one, even the winner Silky, I was like. I mean, Silky was just doing Silky. I almost pulled the clips because if you, I watched it again this morning, and T.S. Madison's responses to Rue's snatch game questions 
don't even make sense to the question. What Uh would you throw overboard? And she says, a ruler. Because I need nine uh, inches. Well, apparently she's... I don't know. She likes big dick, apparently. Yeah. Is that like her thing? Yeah, I guess. Like, I'm not even saying it's one of these things. Okay. God, I hate to get my my stand up comedy um, high horse. But this is something that stand up comedians talk about a lot is that one of the amazing things about black comedians, okay, is that they can sell any fucking joke and make it fucking hilarious, right? There is a joke by the comedian Earthquake, right? That whenever Mm -hmm. I hear it, I literally am crying laughing. But the premise is so overdone. The jokes aren't even that funny. But he delivers it with such control and force of personality that you can't help but laugh, all right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of black comics are like that, where they slam the joke with attitude to the point where you have to laugh, even if the joke isn't that funny. Even if the premise is overdone, they deliver it so well that it's funny. And I kind of think Silky is in that territory, where the jokes themselves, when you analyze them, aren't that funny or don't even really make sense. But she's delivering it with such force and energy and conviction that I didn't really personally laugh, but I did chuckle a little bit. Like I was like, and then the word I recognized she was doing well, and RuPaul was just eating that shit up. And even the girls recognized she did well. But did, yeah. but there was nobody on this panel that made good jokes, like solid no. jokes that stand on their own. Going on to, um, I want to talk about Plastique Tiara versus a carrier Davenport. Plastique was doing this character named Little Mimi or something like that, or Young Little yeah. Miss Mimi. I don't know what her name is, right? Another reality show star. And yeah. Akuria is criticizing her in the confessionals for essentially relying on an Asian stereotype. And she's like, what, you only have one character? You can only do this one character? But, and this will probably come up on the rumor mill, but it should come up on the rumor mill, and maybe this isn't the appropriate place for it. Akuria did well as Tiffany Haddish, but she was essentially doing the same thing, which she was playing into the stereotype that is Tiffany Haddish's character. Now, Tiffany Haddish as a person is much more than that character on Girls Trip, but all the jokes were literally just bringing the jokes from Girls Trip onto the Snatch Game and then just doing a sassy black girl face. I mean, she captured Tiffany Haddish's character, but there's, she more, did. there's more to Tiffany Haddish. And again, I don't mind. Do what you need to do to a Snatch Game, but then they're, you're juxtaposing a curious comments for saying, like, criticizing Plastique, where, bitch, you can only do that one character, but that's essentially what a carrier does whenever she does a character. Now, she may do it well, and maybe you can uh-huh. say Plastique doesn't do it well, but she's doing the same thing that Plastique does, which is relying on essentially because essentially what plastique is doing is an asian version of a minstrel show she's exaggerating asian stereotypes and playing them for laughs for white people to laugh at asian stereotypes and i wouldn't say tiffany haddish is doing the same thing but i think exaggerating tiffany haddish might be akin to doing that same thing. I don't think what Akira is doing rises to the level of minstrel show. She's not doing that or putting on blackface. But it is the thing where you're you're criticizing Plastique for being one note and one character, but every character Akira has done, she always plays it that same sort of Tiffany Haddish way, which is mm-hmm. sort of 
this girl who comes from the neighborhood and she has a certain way about her. And that's sort of what Tiffany Haddish's character is on Girls Trip. All the other girls, Regina King, is that who it is? Who, who's the... Regina Hill. Regina Hill and and um, and um, Queen, Queen Latifah. Latifah. They're all, you know, they're all, they all carry themselves, but it's their one friend, Tiffany Haddish, who's still kind of like a hood rat that sort of brings a comedy, right? I mean, the one line I remember from that trailer is booty hole, because it's in my booty hole. Yeah. And which is fine. I mean, Girls Trip, I laughed out loud. But the point is, don't criticize Plastique when you're doing the same thing. Um, Sugarcane was forgettable. Sugarcane was forgettable, but I thought she looked a lot like her. I thought she looked a lot like Charo. Okay. Um, And then we're going to save the horrible, horrible ones for last. So I'm trying to go through the list. Okay, what did you think of Nina West as uh, Harvey Firestein slash uh, Joanne Worley? I thought it was it was definitely uh, safe. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't. She wasn't. You know, I get why she was in the top three, but I think of all of them, she was probably well, no, because the sugar was in the top three too. She was. I mean, it was. It you knew who it was. Mm-hmm. She definitely was wearing the Edna Turnblatt outfit from Hairspray. That was mm-hmm. what she was going for with that. Uh, and she, I thought she did a she did a she did a good job. Mm-hmm. What, did you, I think she should have won compared to T.S. Madison? No, but they kind of were tele, telegramming that in, that yeah. it was clear that, you know, she was while she was getting some of the laughs, she wasn't quite getting the laughs that Silky was getting for T.S. But that's because T.S. was carrying it with force of will. In fact, T.S. broke a lot of rules that usually on, on the Snatch Game, they would hit the shade rattle when they interrupt somebody. But mm-hmm. T.S., when Silky as T.S. had the joke. So it wasn't like I'm interrupting you and then just bombing and walking all over you. She was taking their joke and extending it and playing with them. I'll give Silky that. Silky did a good job even when she was interrupting the people where she was essentially elevated. In fact, to be honest with you, I think Silky might even save Plastique. Yeah. Well, because the one moment where where plastic was doing the asian accent and then they said i will fuck you up and said it and that that was that was a funny moment mm-hmm. but that also was you know as she was introducing herself ts immediately mm-hmm. or silky immediately went into talking over which i thought was just a little like okay you know on on sometimes and i i am not a comedian but i kind of you know, not, don't even study comedy, but I know comedy, and I know sometimes mo- you need moments to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Silky wasn't giving Plastique a chance to breathe; mm-hmm. she was just immediately pouncing onto whatever she was saying, mm-hmm. and that that bothered me. I didn't think that Nina did as well as some people thought. I didn't think the Harvey Firestein was particularly super funny, and Joanne Worley is such a great, perfect character to have done, and and done something like, like similar to what uh, uh, Ben did with Paul Lynn, and I don't uh-huh. think it rose to that level. I don't think Nina has the uh, the inherent charm or wit to do what... Because even the Joanne Worley joke that she said, I didn't think Joanne Worley would, would deliver that joke like that. I wonder about the dicks. And then well, Paul Lynn. yeah. But that that's just it. I think that Joanne Worley, I mean, even from a literal standpoint, is a bigger presence. I mean, as soon as she threw on the big boa, like she took up, it felt like she took up half the half that panel mm-hmm. all of a sudden because the way she had it spread out and everything. And I think that if you're going to do that with the ah, sort that Joanne Worley used to do, you have to also add that almost doing a Mae West of where 
you have to go almost like filthy yes. dirty. Yes, with that's that. what you should have done. But you're doing it in this crazy like human equivalent of Big Bird kind of wandering around just yeah. being silly, mm-hmm. but then also making these really, really good. I, th- I thought the fact that she said the thing with dicks and then said, you know, dick and then started talking about all the different dicks from the 60s TV shows in the 60s. I thought that was a cute moment. It also felt like it came too late. Whereas I remember with Bob the Drag Queen where Bob did um, the actress from Orange is the New Black and then changed into uh, Carol Channing, it mm-hmm. felt like that came halfway through mm-hmm. where it almost felt like Nina thought, okay, this is this is my last moment to do something. I'm going to do something different. So I'm going to switch into Joanne Worley. Mm-hmm. So I think You're if right. she had paced I, I, it a little bit differently, it would have been better. I may have actually – I probably would have even opened with Joanne Worley. Yeah. I think jo- – because yeah. it, because you're the, the I'll tell you why because the the quality of your snatch game is really dependent on that first when Rue meets each of the queens. That's gonna that's gonna set the tone. And with it, with some few exceptions, mm-hmm. I feel like there have been a couple of times where somebody kind of tripped coming out of the gate, but then mm-hmm. brought it home. Okay, but Joanne could have brought it home a lot either. But you're right; I probably would have gone super dirty for Joanne or something like that. But then that becomes this fear about I'm insulting the person. Joanne Worley's dead. Yada yada yada. I don't. Is know. Joanne Worley dead? She just died like in the past year or two. Yeah. Oh, I saw her at the Magic Castle a couple of times, and now I sort of feel like dumb for not going up to her and talking to her. She was. We used to watch Laugh In reruns when I was a kid mm-hmm. in the summer. They were on in the morning, and she was always one of my favorite parts of those. I can't imagine why. No, I know. I used to love her too. That's the only reason I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a limit. Did, did we say? Oh no, we didn't talk about the worst one. We didn't talk about Evie and Brooke. What did you think about Evie as Whoopi Goldberg? Evie, Evie. I think Evie was the worst one of mm-hmm. of the eight that was up there. I think hers was just. I mean, even from the where she couldn't keep the glasses on her nose. I mean, mm-hmm. just from a physical standpoint, she was she was clearly not embodying the character. Mm-hmm. I feel like with. Uh, Brooks Celine Dion Mm -hmm. she could have done a lot more and I kind of feel like the dance at the end she was almost starting to get to that because Celine is like kind of that crazy dancer and Mm -hmm. and just sort of that weird crazy energy that she Mm -hmm. lets off but uh, Evie never other I thought her makeup was great and that she looked a lot like Whoopi Goldberg Mm -hmm. but didn't even have the voice didn't even have the you know four cigarettes a day four packs of cigarettes a day kind of voice that she has or you know, it just it just wasn't wasn't strong at all. But probably will go down in history as one of the worst drag race uh, snatch game performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't even so train wrecky that it wasn't funny. Yeah, you know. And uh, it was just not funny. What about Celine Dion? Well, like I said, Celine Dion, it was just a weird she, – it felt like Brooke was sort of getting into the energy at the end. It was mm-hmm. just taking her a while to warm up, but at that point, it was too little too late. When she kind of was standing up doing the weird dancing in the mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the back, backwards tuxedo. Yeah, it's where they don't think it out, where they, where they, where they mistake verisimilitude for uh, how to win the snatch game, and that's never, ever, ever, ever going to win you the snatch game. Uh, you know, we have we have we had had an ongoing joke from a Saturday Night Live skit from years ago where I think it was Anna Gasteyer used to do Celine Dion, mm-hmm. 
And then there was there was one where she had somebody on when they had the Celine Dion show mm-hmm. where she had somebody on singing with her, one of the other SNL people performing. Mm-hmm. And she went, she was kind of singing. This, she goes, oh, there I go. I'm being more talented than my guest again. You know, do, if she did something like that of where she was just kind of talking about how amazing she was and how over the top her talent is, that might have been, that could have been a funny way to, to take and that. And that's where, that's where, where uh, Brooke could have been smart was copying Katya like she's been doing in the past. And maybe looking up people who've done Celine Dion in the past to mm-hmm. find out how they did it and just basically rip that off. I mean, that's, but it's essentially what Monet did with Whitney Houston. She did a shitty version, but she yeah. did a shitty version of Maya Rudolph's version of Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember did she what? But did she was she did did she was she considered successful in the snatch game that last season or no? Who Monet? Monet? For her no. Houston. Oh, okay. No. Cool. Well, that wasn't that. That was for the um the. The, uh, with the, the, the love bachelor, one. not the bachelor, but yeah, the uh, the love dating game. Dating game. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. It's elimination day, and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Vangie is shook by how bad her performance was, and her boyfriend Brooklyn Heights is nauseated by her own performance. Evie recognizes that she didn't perform well, and she takes the moment to apologize to Silky, but her apology is rebuffed by Silky, who wasn't there for the apology. Sugar draws a heart in her nose, and then Vangie calls Evie over to her makeup table, and the two of them kiss and make up as they apply their makeup. Taylor Latte boy, your thoughts on this elimination day. Let's talk about let's talk about the asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. or recognizing my relationship, or I think the audience's relationship with Evie is very complex because mm-hmm. there are times that you really kind of root for Evie, and there are times that you really kind of wish Evie would just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this moment, particularly these two moments, but the moment with Silky was one where you kind of fall back in love with Evie a little bit mm-hmm. because say what you will about her. She definitely says what's says what's on her mind. Mm -hmm. And I think this was an example that Evie, Evie sort of needed to be kind of put, not put in her place that I don't, that that's not the right framing, but needed to recognize that maybe it's not all about Evie all the time. It's and, and to recognize that there was a chance that she was going to have to go home Mm -hmm. this episode after doing so well. So kind of putting yourself in that position of, Oh, well, I, I have more talent than you do you know, you're talentless, Mm -hmm. which Silky kind of kept holding on to this whole thing of being called talentless. And Evie, you know, recognized that she was not doing as well, that she didn't do as well. And that somebody that she had talked shit about did, did blew her out of the water. I think for her to actually say, you know, it wasn't right of me to say this, you did fucking amazing was a very mature thing to do and kind of speaks to the brand of Evie because I think Evie will say things, but I also think that there have been, we've talked about the times that Evie has said something that has been seen as kind of caustic in Mm -hmm. the past, but I think we haven't really spent as much time talking about when Evie recognizes that she was wrong or she Mm -hmm. could have said something differently or she could have said something in a more nurturing or compassionate way. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that she was willing to do that and not in a way of where she says to her at one point, Hey, can we talk? Can we go in the other room and talk for a minute? Or can mm-hmm. I talk to you off over here? You know, can we go talk on the red couch mm-hmm. kind of thing for her to actually kind of go to her in front of everybody while everybody's getting ready during the time that we know is the mirror moment. I thought was commendable. I mm-hmm. thought it was a commendable moment for her. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, whereas Silky's response is, I'm not buying it. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I think that, I think Evie, Evie strikes me as somebody that she's going to speak her truth, whether you like it or not. And I think this was an opportunity for Evie to speak her truth, whether Evie liked it or not. She mm-hmm. felt as though that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. That was the right thing to say. Um, just uh, the, the the response, you know, just because you apologize to somebody doesn't mean they have to accept the apology. That's something yeah. that I talked with a lot to clients about you know where they say well i apologize when they're talking about somebody they're fighting with and i'm like well that doesn't mean they have to say i forgive you yeah you know that's just kind of you've apologized it's good that it's good that you have expressed a remorse for doing something that you you know recognize hurt somebody else Mm -hmm. um and that you would like to make some sort of amends to that i think silky's the way silky responded to it by not saying anything and just sort of ignoring was very petty and very childish Mm -hmm. had silky said to her you know, which I instruct clients to say, I appreciate you ex- you extending this apology to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to accept it yet. Mm-hmm. When I am ready to accept it, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Or saying it in some way like that, I think would have gone a long way towards um, the helping Silky to maybe not come off as as childish and petty. I think it would have been a more more mature way to handle that. Cut to when Evie and Vanjie talk. Mm-hmm. That felt like, you know, for, again, for them being younger queens, for them to be able to have this conversation and to both recognize they both played a role in it, that they both fucked up, that they both said things that they probably shouldn't have said and to apologize. And it felt like they, okay, so we're good. We're, we're moving beyond this and we're, mo- we're, we're, you know, I think, I think was a, was it was a nice moment for both of them. Uh, yes, and I just want to pat myself on the back for calling it on the Patreon special <laughs> that it seemed like Evie and Vanjie were fighting the way family members fight, and that there was that that, that relationship could be salvaged. Yeah, and it, I didn't I didn't expect it in one episode, but um, <clears throat> but yes, you could tell that it was coming from a place of hurt and love, not necessarily like utter hate, you know. Um, I gave all my thoughts in the first response. I do think Silky should have... I mean, you can't tell someone how to feel. But you can tell that she is acting out of hurt. You know, that her silence is hurt. But uh, you even said that you thought she was smiling and whatnot. And uh, and we'll talk about that when we get more to the... I, thought it was, I actually thought it was a good Elimination Day episode. Because, again, I like Elimination Day segments whenever they seem organic. And yeah. this, this one seemed organic because the girls really had a lot to talk about. They'll talk about their fears, about how they're doing in Snatch Game. I also think they've just gotten more comfortable with the cameras being there. So it allows mm-hmm. them to really be more genuinely who they are in those moments. They, they're more comfortable with the cameras. And so we're seeing more uh, authentic moments than we usually see in the beginning of the season. Overall, mm-hmm. I think a really good Elimination Day segment. All right. Anything else, okay. Taylor? No. All right. Very good. Well, if you enjoy this show, you might want to think about uh, supporting it to help us keep the lights on. How can you do this? Join us over at Patreon.com. There, if you sign up at the $3 Eat It level, you receive a brand new podcast in your own personal feed six out of seven days of the week. On top of that, you get access to live recordings and bonus content. Like, for instance, right now, we have, we've had nearly 60, 70 people who are just listening live while they're at work. You know, 
they get an alert telling them when they can come listen to the show live. They hear all this extra. Like during the break, we're going to talk about actor Adam Devine and a photo I sent of him to Taylor. Um, and that even people on Patreon are going to get that. That's just for the people who are listening live. And you get alerts like that when you're on Patreon. On top of that, okay, we know that. For instance, this episode you're listening to now is actually about 15 minutes longer for our Patreon supporters. Not only that, they get the episode commercial-free. You don't have to hear about any th- me going to Coachella or Palm Springs or anything <laughs> like that. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the $3 level to get all this and more. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Hold on, I don't have the wink ready. Um, okay, well, while you're looking for the wink, can I add something to your commercial? Yeah, sure. Oh, you just dinged. Yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Okay. I listened to, there is a new show that is coming to Patreon, I believe, called The Feed. The T? The T. The Feed. Uh-huh. <laughs> the T. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about this Joe Batanz. Yeah. One of my favorite sounds in the world uh-huh. is the sound of Joe Batance losing it laughing. Yeah. There is a moment on this episode I was laughing so hard, not only at the jokes that were being said, but at Joe's response to it, that I my eyes were swelling up with tears because I was laughing so hard at something. So Yeah. Patreon people are, are. And everyone should know Taylor's hearing an advanced copy of the tea. This is with me and Shannon and Lori, right, Taylor? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. There's a moment where I laughed so hard I fell out of the chair and I couldn't breathe. Like literally, <laughs> I could not breathe. Uh, maybe I'll play it uh, after the show for the people who because Patreon doesn't get it for another couple of weeks. Once we have a show right now that's covering Camp Wanakiki, uh-huh. and that show ends, then the tea will fill its place. Oh, okay. So, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, no, I no, thought... no, 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 no. Patreon okay. people know that, and so. Yeah. Um, so we'll give an advanced little taste of it today on after the show. Um, but yeah, you get all all sorts of shows. And I have big shows planned for coming up. We have constantly things going at Afterthought Media. Patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. $3 level. You get it all. All right. Well, we will be back right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right. I got to get something off my chest. By the time I finish watching RuPaul's Drag Race two times, recording two different shows about it, and spending my entire week around RuPaul's Drag Race. The last thing I want to do is listen to other podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. But people are constantly saying, do you listen to this podcast or that podcast? And I'll be honest with you, I don't because I barely have time to record the one that I do. And I this 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 sits on me on my chest. So I have to get it off my chest because I'm like is this hindering my growth as a creator? So I'm glad I told you guys this so you guys can stop recommending shows or asking me if I listen to Race Chaser or Sibling Rivalry. We all carry around different stressors by the way, big, small, serious, silly. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Can you imagine if I went to therapy with this? And to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited tremendously from therapy. Tremendously. And it's a way for me to work out different problems that I've had. And I've shared those problems with you before. 
if you have stressors in your life, you need to talk them out. That's how you release the toxicity is by talking it out. And therapy can help do that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. When they designed it, they designed it to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if you don't like your therapist, you can just switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. All right, Taylor. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for the Lukes. It's, uh, I hate, don't say that. I hate. <laughs> That's why the, I said it. That's why I said it. It's time for the looks. It's time for the looks. Thank you. Uh, and this, this week, it, the theme is sequins on the runway. Taylor, do you have the looks pulled up? I will in a second. I do now. Yes. I do. I have, uh, I have a, I have a picture of all eight of the looks. I don't right. have a video or anything like that. All right. Very good. So, but I don't know that they're in the order that they appeared. I on have the order. The, Okay. All right. Uh, first up, we have Akuria Chanel Davenport. Uh, what were your thoughts here, Taylor? It was a very safe dress. It was it was a black and white dress. Apparently, the the category was sequins on the runway. Sequins, which on the my hu- I didn't realize that was the category until just looking at this picture because my husband said something to me just as Rue announced what the category was. But mm-hmm. uh, Akuria is wearing a black and white, almost like a zebra print dress that had a tail on the end of it she has her hair done up sort of in a faux hawk kind type of look i thought she looked i thought she looked beautiful the dress was very basic though it felt like something you could kind of get at the department store at the mall mm-hmm. uh, except for the tail that was added on yeah but it was a very safe look yeah i'd give this look a, i'd give this look a toot well you know i give them scores like numbers right oh that's right that's right but, we are uh, doing you, you know you can do your thing no, I, I like the idea of this. It makes this a little bit different. So, okay, I would give this look a... Uh, I'll give it a seven. I gave it an eight. Okay. I thought it looked great. All right, next All right. down the runway is Vanessa Vanji Mateo. Vanessa Vanji Mateo came out in yet another bodysuit, but this mm-hmm. time she looks like she was trying to do a superhero look mm-hmm. uh, with blonde hair and the, uh, the, the suit and the cape are sort of in that, I think it's called mermaid scale type of where if you brush it one way it's one pattern if you brush it the other way it goes another Mm -hmm. pattern which i don't like this i don't like this pattern or this this material because i always think it looks kind of sloppy it it always feels like it borders on camo Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. because you don't get symmetrical patterns or designs or anything like that Mm -hmm. um again boring just boring i feel like she had it was it was just your basic average run-of-the-mill bodysuit and she decided to throw a cape on there just thinking that that would save her from the wrath of visage um i'm gonna give this a three all right i gave it a five because it fit the category i guess but it's the same fucking look with just all i had with a cape yeah with the same fucking look 
All right. Next, we have Nina West. Nina West came out in, which I th- I think it's supposed to be the the flag of Ohio. Oh, is that I, what it's supposed to be? Yeah, I think that's what the big – oh, somebody mentioned something about that on her Instagram, that it was mm-hmm. the Ohio flag. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came out in very colonial red, white, and blue with a three-quarter hat and everything was where she had the big white, almost like a white powdered wig on. Mm-hmm. And I – okay, I love Nina West. Yeah. One thing. And I love anything that has that flair or that style of colonial – like I love red, white, and blue. Like Fourth of July is one of my favorite holidays, just because of all the stuff they sell, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all like the red, white, and blue decor and everything. Mm-hmm. So you've got that, and there's the campy aspect to it with the white wig and the the blue and white makeup and everything. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't crazy about the actual dress itself, but the jacket and the three corner hat I mm-hmm. fucking loved. So yeah. I am going to give this look an eight. I gave it a seven. I could have given it an eight, though. I thought it was true drag. It was camp. It was everything. It's kind of what you know Nina West for. Yes. You know? Yes. It's very it's very true to brand. It's very, mm-hmm. it's fun. It is yeah. a fun camp look. All right. Very good. All right. Next, we have Sugar Cane. Sugar Cane. Sugar Cane came out in an eggplant dress, very Spanish-inspired. Rue said this was possibly her favorite look ever in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar described it as being a weighing about 50 pounds so that she had to walk really slow in it. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked absolutely beautiful. Talk about a the, the not the dark horse of the season, Why but somebody that just is... Because <laughs> it's eggplant. Just somebody that is not does not seem to be getting the attention and love that you would hope mm-hmm. because she is she is very consistent mm-hmm. in what she's been doing lately and i i think she looks she looks beautiful she absolutely looks beautiful i thought her hair and everything flawless um so i'm going to give this i'm going to give this look a i'll do a 9 for this i did a 9 as well okay. i wrote amazing yeah all right very good brooklyn heights Okay, so Brooklyn, I don't even know how to describe Brooklyn came out sort of beginning in a poncho with a big afro on and then pulled the poncho off with the afro to reveal long blonde hair and a like a bodysuit that is just, it looks like duct tape that was all kind of put together. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very fifth element. Um, the outfit itself, not great. Mm-hmm. And she also has already kind of worn something like this when they did the orange look. Mm-hmm. When she wore the look that was inspired by the fifth element. She was fucking hot though. There was, so there was stuff about it where at one point when she first kind of comes out and does the flip and she does this, where she's sort of kind of squatting and sort of like looking over. There was something where she was, she was serving a real biological woman at that point. And I just, I loved everything about it. I love that she took a chance that she did something that has really got to be kind of, if not the first in drag race, her, drag race history for doing a shablam in the middle of the runway and everything. She definitely, she sold it the best. And I love that she, she took a chance and she, as she said, nailed it. Um, the outfit itself though, I'm going to give the outfit a six. Cause I feel like we've, it's been done before the presentation, a nine. Oh, interesting. So what I did was, I agree, I gave the outfit a six, right? It's uh-huh. fine, 
but I just bumped it up a point for the dumb stunts. But I'm afraid it's going to be a thing now where all we're seeing is stunts on the runway. Well, and that and that's my. I'm glad you brought that up because that's my concern with this, where it sort of feels like queens that you're almost never going to get a queen like Latrice singing "You Made Me Feel." Because it's going to be now, it's about doing, you know, cooter slams and shablams and doing backflips and that kind of thing. Um, I think the, I don't want to get into that pattern of that. And I don't want, I want this to be a once, once or twice a season kind of thing. I don't want this to be where everybody comes out and does a death drop because it feels like we're kind of over the death drops. Just like, just like we were over the, um, the pulling off the hair early on, it felt like we were kind of moving beyond death drops for a while. And I don't want this to become the new thing. That being said, I lived for it this time. I just, I, I, I want this to hold a special place and to be unique for a while. All right, very good. We have Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly came out in a a weird like jumpsuit with boots mm-hmm. and as self self described Peg Bundy hair mm-hmm. um, with the ass cut out the back of it. I, I gave this look a two. I oh, did not. Really? I did not like this. The, the suit. It felt. It feels reminiscent. Like she's worn kind of these like pantsuits or jumpsuits before, and they never seem to fit her right. They're always these weird combinations of patterns. And I'm going to say something that is probably going to be controversial to you. I don't like her ass at all. It's this weird bony, stringy, meaty ass that if you're going to have like a cutout like that, it needs to be of a detox ass. It needs to be the perfect round plump ass and she just sort of has skinny boy ass and I don't like it so I this was this was definitely one of my least favorite looks of the night no this was my least favorite look of the night this was my least favorite look of the night alright I gave it a 6 because I thought the top up was great bottom down waist down meh and I agree with you with the ass I don't know if I necessarily go so far as getting, there's something up with her ass, and I can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. It wasn't sexually appealing to me. Yeah. All right. Silky, speaking of not sexually appealing to me, Silky Nutmeg Ganache. <laughs> what were your thoughts here, Taylor? Silky Nutmeg. I, I just don't like it's It's, it's boring. It's basic. It's, it's late 90s pageant to me. And I get that she had the big... Um, she was trying to invoke Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin, and I'm sure that she. I'm glad that she cut her cut the joke for herself before anybody else. That if Aretha Franklin and Diana Ross got together, <laughs> yeah, and had a big chocolate baby, because there was I, there was going to be jokes of maybe if Aretha Franklin ate Diana Ross, it would be mm-hmm. she'd be silky ganache. I I just I the things that I would like to say about it are just I think feel like too mean and not fair to say so I just it's just not a very good look I'm gonna give this look a I'm gonna say this is a three because I like it slightly more than Evie's look you know I try and judge them for themselves sometimes and I think with Silky I did that as well I gave her a six but for me it's a six for Silky like it's what she always wears it's just a little better than usual maybe I feel badly about giving a fat girl a bad score. Like that, you know that big fat pig from the show, The Greatest Showman? <sighs> yes. Like I, wouldn't I know say, who you're talking about. I wouldn't say anything to mean about her. 
other yeah. than she's a big fat pig. You knew who I was talking about. Is she the same girl from that uh, Just Us or whatever? The two of us or Just Us or no us? Uh, the story? I of know us. Who you're talking about. No, she that that's. And she's, now she's in that movie, that Christian movie about the boy who dies or didn't die or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't. They're not the same person. No, they're not the same person. What about they're, the? They're, they're, is she the same person that sings um, the um, the uh, <sighs> since you've been gone? Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, are they the same person? No, no, no that is not the same person. There's there's room in Hollywood for more than one, as you describe, big fat pig. <laughs> Everyone should know who's listening. I'm not going to speak for Taylor. I'm a big fat pig. I remember I have a rule. If you can be called it, you can use it. You can say it. <laughs> if you can be called it, you can say it. All right. Uh, plus- You've oh. called me a big fat pig before. Well, look. Ah! Bitch. Plastique Tiara, Taylor. Plastique Tiara. Speaking of big fat pigs. <laughs> yes, yes. The rotund fat ass that is Plastique yeah. Tiara. Um, Plastique came out in a in a pantsuit that kind of is reminiscent of Brooklyn's uh, Pisces look. I, I'm torn on this because on the one hand, there's parts of it that I really like. And when she was in Untucked looking at the makeup, not the stupid jewel she had painted on her head, but the other stuff, like her her lipstick color and everything, mm-hmm. I loved it. it. was this weird aquamarine color that I thought was just absolutely gorgeous. I feel like when Brooklyn wore, put on the collar for the uh, astrology challenge, mm-hmm. the astrology dress challenge, mm-hmm. Plastique looked over and went, fuck. Mm-hmm. Because it just feels very reminiscent of that. And the fact that it is so pulled away from her top, so mm-hmm. that where it's nothing but boy chest, it was a little, it just like there was part of it that I feel like if they had done this prior to the fish look or prior mm-hmm. to the um, Brooks Aquarius look, I would have loved this more. Also, if it had been strapped a little bit closer to her chest so that you didn't, you couldn't actually see full on Vietnamese nipples, I think would have been a little more. It, w- it would have sold me a little bit more. So because there's parts of this that I really like and there's parts of this that I really, really don't, um, I'm going to give this look a five. I gave it a six. Going back to what I said before, that uh, I'm judging the person based on themselves. This was even boring. Plastique's already getting boring to me, and it's boring even for Plastique. We have seen this before. All right, it's just more a sequin version. of. It's so funny because... I feel Vanjie gets red for essentially doing the same thing that Plastique does. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That my I was surprised last episode when she came out in another bodysuit and that nobody called her on it. This isn't really a bodysuit per se. This is more of like a pantsuit or mm-hmm. like a you know this is slightly different. But you know, and I, I I'm noticing that I'm getting some shit in the uh, the chat room mm-hmm. for this. There are parts of this that I absolutely love. Um, and there are people that are saying that it was a repurpose, that it was, in fact, Brooklyn's collar. I think that is a dangerous game for something that was so unique and was so um, visual, so, something that was so striking just three or four weeks ago to be wearing it again and wearing it in the exact same way. I think that was a dangerous game that Plastique was wearing. So, right. so But I stand behind my five. All right. Very good. And that... 
is the looks. Is the looks. All right. Let's move on. On the main stage, Akari and Plastique were immediately deemed safe and sent backstage. Nina West, Sugarcane, and Silky Ganache were in the top three, while Brooklyn Heights, Evie Oddly, and Vanessa Vanjie Mateo were placed in the bottom three. After the deliberations, the girls were called back to the runway. Silky Ganache was named the winner of the challenge, while Evie and Brooke were placed in the bottom two and forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. They both gave an epic lip they both gave an epic lip sync, but in the end, they were both told, Shantae, you stay, much to the chagrin of Silky, Nutmeg, Ganache, Taylor the Latte Boy. Any final thoughts on the episode? This is the second time Silky is won, right? Because Silky won is Oprah for Trump the Rusical, and then yeah. that's it? Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, so one thing that I noticed then, and I feel like the same thing now, is that for someone whose personality is as big and as extra, you know, when nothing is going on... Mm-hmm. For her to win a challenge both times, I thought she looked almost sad. Mm -hmm. There was something very sour about her face through both when she was in Trump the Rusical and when she was in this one. But this one, it almost felt like there was more of a fear there Mm -hmm. than there was the first time. Mm-hmm. Which I don't get because it was clear from at least the way they show with the editing and everything that it was clear that they really loved her and they wanted her they that she was she was probably destined to win this. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand that. You said you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about when it came to the lip sync. So I maybe well, let's talk about the lip. Well, let me let me address what you just said. Uh, maybe she really is because it seems like she's been quiet the whole run of these episodes. I think she's really depressed and upset by what. Evie told her in the previous Untucked. You know? Uh, I think she's still sad about it. I think I think it really struck a chord because I think she probably had either she's been told her whole life she's not talented. It just it's something that triggered her. That it's Evie found her fucking button. You yeah. know? And if Evie were a crueler person, she could keep going there. Cause it's clearly something uh Silky is upset about. You know? Yeah. And I think it it made it even impossible for her to enjoy the win. That's my only that's my only take on that. Uh, what were your thoughts on the lip sync itself? People are calling it one of the best lip syncs in the history of the show. Do you agree with that? Well, I saw somebody who said it was the best lip sync of the show, and that was Tatiana saying that she feels it was better than the Tatiana Lissa from All Stars Two. I might not disagree with that. Cause I've said this. On I previous might not shows. either. I'm, I've said this on previous shows. I actually don't understand why that lip sync gets so much praise. I, I, I think, think it's good, but I don't see why it's a lot of times considered one of the best lip syncs ever. Uh, I, that we could have a whole show. Well, we did kind we of did, have a we whole did show a whole show. We talked about this. the best yes. lip syncs. But um, I think this was a – you've got two powerhouses, mm-hmm. two very limber. You've got Evie, who is a contortionist, and mm-hmm. you've got Brooklyn, who is a trained dancer. And you have a song that has a lot of power to it. Um it, 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 you just, and you had where both of them were towards the end. It got a little look at me, look at me, look what I could do, look what I could do kind of mm-hmm. thing, which th- that's why it sort of it started to feel like it was the, like the wheels were kind of wobbling as it was going down the hill. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, it was it was fun. It was entertaining. You didn't know where to look a lot. They they in the beginning, I thought, oh, this isn't good because they're showing they're doing too much camera time on Evie. And then it's almost like what they did was they rather almost chose to begin with Evie, but then end with Brooke. So that way both girls got equal time. When she did the flip and the wig came off, my husband gasped 
because he thought, oh, gotcha. And then we realized, oh, she had the little the little dreads with the or not dreads, but she had the little braids with the beads. So which was genius on her part, because it because you saw where they, Rue got that look on her face like she just lost her wig. And like, oh, wait, no, she does have hair on. OK, so that's I did it in a way that it wasn't just I'm going to reach behind me and I'm going to pull off the hair. Um, it was fun. It was a fun lip sync. It was amazing. That whole experience for Brooke between the between the, the the runway and then doing all these flips and everything was good. My concern with it is this. Mm-hmm. I've seen lots of videos online of Brooke lip syncing over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently this thing that she did on the runway where she kind of did the reveal where she threw the pouch, the, the poncho off mm-hmm. is something that she's done for years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of the other stuff she does where she kind of like is, you know, leaning on her head and then kind of sp- splits her legs apart, almost like a break dancer and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my fear is that if Brooklyn, for whatever reason, gets called to lip sync again, she's already gone through her arsenal. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the first time we've really seen her do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it that could come back to bite her in the ass that she didn't necessarily save anything for future lip syncs. If it comes down to it, you know, that's, that's my concern. I have another question for you, but I want to give you a chance to, if you have any thoughts about the lip sync or any of the other stuff. I thought it was a great lip sync. I, and I'm usually, I guess you would say picky about lip syncs. Not cause I think they're so great is I find, I find it very difficult to differentiate between, uh, lip syncs and whether they're good or not, but I can tell the really terrible ones and I can tell the really great ones. And this was a really, really great one. I watched it about six or seven times. The first mm-hmm. two or three times were just to, just to watch it. And then I watched one version where I only watched Evie. I watched one version where I only watched Brooke. And then I watched one version where I only watched the girls in the back and that's what i want to talk about is that when evie stands on her head mm-hmm. she's directly in front of silky akaria and i believe nina okay but akaria uh-huh. and definitely silky and the other girls are living the whole time but when evie stands on her head silky's doing that snap that queens do when they approve uh-huh. towards evie she okay. you can go back and watch it but silky is living for evie on her head and you might think, well, maybe it's for Brooke, but Brooke's on the other side of the – like, she's in the center more. And Silky's yeah. clearly going for Evie. So it may not be – but it could also be one of these things where the producers told them, like, you better fucking dance. I knew a guy who was a musician, and he knew someone on John Mellencamp's tour. He had to go into uh-huh. John Mellencamp. And, like, there was a rule. Like, if you – like, he was a keyboardist. So if you weren't playing keyboards in the song, then you had to always be, like, dancing and clapping. He was having nothing to do. He couldn't just stand there. And you yeah. get fired if you did. And it's sort of the producers probably do this, and the girl's like, you better fucking dance. <laughs> you better be living for these lip syncs. So maybe, or maybe she was genuinely living for Evie. What was your well, question? And then okay. maybe this is something where she's, because she made the, she made the sour comment at the end. She's like, you know, so yes, I won. And, you know, the one who said I wasn't talented is now lip syncing for life. So maybe that was vindication. And then she decided that she recognized that, Evie has a lot of talent too with the lip syncing. So maybe when they come back to the workroom next episode, everything mm. will have worked itself out and she'll, they'll, we'll they'll see. be good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll what see. was your question for me, Taylor? So we have eight, we still have eight girls left. Yeah. Of the eight girls. Mm-hmm. Now remember that I know who goes in what order. No, this, this, this isn't one of those type questions. Okay. Okay. Of the eight girls that are left, even though I just realized as I start to ask this, 
it really could be anybody that's even gone before. Who do we feel is a front runner for miscongeniality at this point? Oh, if I anybody. What you're saying, yeah. Well, the problem is I'll only talk about the girls who are limited because if I mention someone who's still there, it kind of gives a hint as to I know when they go if or if they go. Does that make sense? So if okay. I say, for instance, Sharon Needles, you would think, oh, man, I mean, Sharon Needles goes home. Does that make sense? I said Sharon because she's clearly not in the cast. Okay. <laughs> I was like, so. Well, plus somebody mentioned something about Sharon Osbourne in the chat room. So I immediately went to, why would you say Sharon Osbourne? But yeah. That, never yeah. Okay. So, so I'll only go with the girls who've been eliminated so far. And with the girls who've been eliminated so far, I guess you could make a case for, um, gosh, none of them. Yeah, I'll say this without any, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna literally take out anyone who's still who I know what goes in what order. In fact, bravo to the rumor mill. This week we nailed. I mean, we nail everything every week because we go on Reddit. But like this week, there were some really out. Like we even got the song. We, we okay. knew what song it was. Speaking of, by the way, Jorge from the rumor mill was at a gay bar last night and said the place went fucking ape shit during that lip sync. He's oh, like, I can't. I can't imagine. I that was something I thought of this morning to ask if anybody was at a bar Jorge when Brooke was, came out on the runway and if everybody went nuts. Hold hands. So, the place went nuts during the lip sync. I'll ask on the room about the about the okay. runway. But on the lip sync, he said people were screaming, and it was you. You couldn't hear. It was just insane. All right. So, uh, so I'll, the, what I'm telling you right now, do not read into what I'm telling you. This is going to include people who I know. Are in the top four, and people that I know get eliminated. I think are going to be are going to be included in this. I feel Sugar is a quali- uh, you know, a good candidate for yes, um, uh, Miss Congeniality. I feel Nina is. I feel Plastique could be as well, um, and I also think Brooke is, and I also think that's it of the girls that remain. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I am too of the mm-hmm. ones that are the ones that are still left. Because Brooke's if always I, trying to be the peacemaker. Sugar's sort of just by staying out of shit, always being the peacemaker. Plastique always seems nice, and um, who else did I say? Nina. Nina. Nina seems to always be nice too. So those four well, seem and, to be the only. Okay, candidates. if somebody is in, if somebody is in the top four, does that mean they automatically can't be miscongeniality? I mean, I know we've never had somebody that's been been a winner and congeniality, but no, that's is, not is, true. Is there we, Monet Exchange has been winner of Miss Congeniality and a winner, but not the same season. Not the same season. No, I, same I, se- I think there's sort of a rule that the top three can't be Miss Congeniality. So okay. top three, if, if now the top four that goes to the finale. In fact, to, to go to go on the lip sync, I think. Um, I'll say this, and I hope people don't get mad. There's a tiny, this is in a degree of spoilers, a one, right? But okay. I, I want to do it to comment on how I think. Oh, we didn't comment on this. This double chante is one of the very few double chantes where I was like, yeah, bitch, that yeah. was a worthy double chante. And to, to show you that I think that it, this double chante was not planned, mm-hmm. uh, there's a rumor. That going into the final episode, there are five girls. Okay. Okay. So that means they didn't plan this double Shantae. They're go- we're gonna we're gonna see supposedly a, a a final episode with five girls. I don't know what happens to those five girls. I generally don't. But yeah. I don't know if all five go to the finale or if only four do. But we're going. The final episode is going to have five girls in it, and I think okay. that's because the double double Shantae was not planned for. I was going to ask about that. Does that mean there's going to be a double elimination? Do you think no, at some point? But I no. don't think so. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. 
All right. So, uh, okay. Anything else? Any all final thoughts um, covered? I think so. I think right. I think we've we've gone over as much as we can. Oh, wait, wait. No, yes. I changed my mind. I changed yeah. my mind. Go ahead. Okay, so untucked. Sure. The conversation between Akira and Plastique. Ridiculous. Okay. Because okay. why didn't Akira come out and say, I think you're lying or I thought you were lying? Because I think she, because she could have pinned it all on Raja and Raja's gone. Yeah. Assuming, because also you remember with those videos, with whenever they were talking, it was never like when they're doing it in the front mm-hmm. where they know the cameras are on them. Mm-hmm. You know, the time where she goes, she's talking about her family. They're ta- mm-hmm. He's talking about her family. It was an overhead shot. Yeah. And there was another time where she was talking where the camera was way off. Like it was like. Because mm-hmm. they're I mean, mic'd. Yeah. Because they're, they're mic'd. Yeah. So I wonder if that was a, I'm not going to say it, especially because it's just the two of us in this room. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. But the it, whole time I was like, oh, you shady bitch. I know. that It's actually that moment why I didn't put a courier in the, in the running for Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DragRace today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DragRace.